Blog Talk Radio. Circumstances can't stop me, and neither will they block me. Today I feel unmovable. Nothing's impossible. To walk on water, to calm the sea, to speak to mountains, I can be free just being me. To walk on water. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope that you are having a great Thursday. As you know, it is due over Thursday. Every day that we get to wake up again, every minute of the day, we get a do-over. So guess what? If we didn't get it right yesterday, if we didn't get it right five minutes ago, we get to get it right now. So I hope you guys are enjoying the fact that every minute of every day that we recognize that we did it wrong, said it wrong, thought it wrong, we get to do it over in the next second. So the, uh, the, the idea is understanding that we get to change and we can always start over anew. Well, I hope you guys are getting ready for the holiday. Merry Christmas to everyone and soon to be a wonderful brand new spanking start over year. So we get another 12 months to grow and to get it right in God. A lot of information, a lot of good things to cover this morning to hopefully encourage you in your walk with the Lord. And I want to thank everyone first off for listening on Tuesday with my cousin Janine Rivers. Uh, She was awesome. The information was absolutely fantastic. And then I have another request for you guys at the end of the show today. Well, let us go ahead and offer God a word of prayer. Let us put our hearts on the altar to him this morning and begin to invite him in if we have not already done so. Heavenly and gracious Father, we don't say these words lightly. We really understand that you are a heavenly and gracious Father. If we would begin to look at ourselves from your perspective, then we would completely understand that we are so blessed. We are so honored. We are so overjoyed that you would think enough of us to send your son, Jesus Christ, down to be born so that he could die, so that we on this earth could have everlasting life. I mean, my gosh, how do we not give you praise? How do we not give you glory? How do we not humble ourselves before you? Humble ourselves and all of the things and the gifts and talents that you've given us. And even those things that we may not recognize, we can still come to you humbly and boldly before your throne. 
So, God, we thank you this morning. I thank, I pray for those who are driving. I pray for those who are listening by the Internet. I pray for those who are listening in by phone. Father God, people are going through some crazy things these days. And I lift everyone before you, family issues, financial issues, drug issues, immorality issues, loneliness issues. But Father God, everything that we need is completely and totally in you. It's in Jesus Christ. He did it when he was born to die on the cross. So Father God, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning. And as we begin to understand what we can do to uh, live that life before you, live that life that pleases you, Father God, help us to do it as we learn this morning how to, and not, maybe not even learn, but how to uh, uh, to live it out, Father God, how to go to the next level, how to allow our mouth and that muscle um, in, in our mouth um, give you glory and praise. So we thank you, God. We praise you. I pray that this uh, message today, this lesson today, this talk today will minister to those who listen now or listen later, those who stumble upon it just looking through blog talk radio. I pray, Father God, that you will use me according to your will, your power, and your glory, and that anything about me will begin to decrease glorified in all that I say and all that I do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, we are almost at the end of the year. Uh, a week from now, it'll be Christmas. Two weeks from now, 14 perfect days, probably 16 days. Uh, we will be celebrating the beginning, the ending of one year and the beginning of another. And, um, as we're going through this book of James, you know, again, it reminded me that um, we need to really operate in our faith, not from the perspective of service only, but from the perspective of obeying what the word said. Working out our faith is not simply service. The service is a outward manifestation but the working of our faith is also an inward or a mental manifestation because we are making the choice to apply the word of God to our life. We are making a choice to obey everything it said and not to argue with it. It was funny because I went to church um, for our midweek service here in California and the man of God that spoke on Tuesday said the same thing. We have to just learn to do what the word says. Uh, Pastor said it too. Uh, Pastor Nancy Dufresne said it also. We have to just learn to not argue with the word of God. It may not feel right with our flesh or it may feel right, but if it's not God, then it's not God and we don't do it. Okay. And we talked about that last week when it says that every good and perfect gift comes from, from, from above. That doesn't mean that every good and perfect, it has to line up with the criteria of God. It must line up with the criteria of God. And as we move in today to talk about our tongue and our speech, our tongue and our speech must line up with the word of God. So I hope you guys um, um, will take heed to that because as we're going into 2016, 
life and death are in the power of the tongue, and you have whatsoever you say. You will eat the fruits of what you speak. And some things are just a universal spiritual law, and people that are not saved are working it every day. Remember this book called The Secret? And it was telling you to speak, speak. That was nothing more than what the word of God said, only in a secular form. And the God that we know gives us promises that we can speak. I taught earlier this year on worship. And one of the things in worship was speaking what the word of God said. And believing it. And training your flesh to believe it. So let's get an idea. And and this is really powerful. Um, We're going to talk about today in the book of James chapter 3. Because. It's talking about the teacher. I want us to remember that we're all teachers by our lives. Many of us all go out and witness in some way, shape, or form the gospel of Christ. But then there are some of us, and I've been guilty. You know, this doesn't absolve me. I've been there before. We have to learn to bridle our tongue. Because... We want to make sure that we're living what we're speaking. Let your walk match your talk. So let's enter in with the word of God and begin to break this down and see how we can prepare to live in 2016 and beyond and every day speaking what God says. So let's go. I'm going to start, as you guys know, I'm reading it from the Amplified today. Um, And let's go ahead and go over to uh, James chapter 3. And we're only going to um, go to verse 12. And we'll save the rest for next next Thursday. So if you have your Bibles, I'm giving you a little time to grab your Bibles and go over with me to James chapter 3, verse 1, starting at. Take advantage, it says here. Take advantage remains to the Jews. Oh, I'm sorry. My Bible switched to the wrong page. I apologize for that, guys. Here we go. Not many of you should become teachers, self-constitute, censors, and reprovers of others, my brethren. For you know that we teachers will be judged by a higher standard than other people. Thus, we assume the greater accountability and the more condemnation. For we often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, never say the wrong things. He is a fully developed character and a perfect man, able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. If we sit, if we set bits in the horse's mouth to make them obey us, we can turn their whole bodies around. Likewise, look at the ships, though they um, are so great and are driven by rough winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the impulse of the helmsman determines. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it can boast of great things. 
See how much wood or how great a forest, a tiny spark can set ablaze. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is a world of wickedness set among our members, contaminating and depriving the whole body and setting on fire the wheel of birth, the cycle of man's nature, being itself ignited by hell. For every kind of beast and bird or reptile and sea animal can be tamed and has been tamed by human genius. But the human tongue can be tamed by no man. It is a restless, undisciplined, irreconcilable evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse men, and we're made in God's who were made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come forth blessing and cursing. These things, my brethren, ought not to be so. Does a fountain send forth simultaneously from the same opening fresh water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives on a grapevine, figs? Neither can a salt spring furnish fresh water. Wow. 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 I mean, that's all I can say there is wow. The, at first, the Amplified Bible just really brings it into fruition. Not fruition, but really brings it to the foresight what it is and you know we always tend to hear the teachers using the um the analogy of what's used here of the rudder of a ship because it's a great great analogy but what i was thinking as i was again reading this it also parallels um uh what it talks about in in uh, galatians that we should be controlled by the spirit and out of the, the Bible talks to us about, you know, out of our belly will flow rivers of living water. And that is um, the spirit. There's another verse that talks about that what is in us, you know, that we speak what comes out of us. So in other words, your tongue is a great indicator of where you are or are not in your, let's say, spiritual growth in God. I there was I remember talking to someone and, well, I talked to a lot of people, and they were swearing. And then they say, oh, I'm sorry. And they say, oh, um, forgive me, God's working on me. Well, sometimes a lot of people cuss for because that's what they do. And they say that God doesn't care. Oh, that doesn't matter. You know, or that's not a cuss word. That word is in the in the dictionary. That doesn't mean that we should say it. And just because we're not just well, let me put it this way: we're not just talking about swear words. I mean, how many of us? And I again, I'm guilty, and God is working on me, and I am submitting to it. But how many of us are submitting to it, or are we making excuses for it? And think about the fights we have with our husbands the things that we think about our employers, the things that we say about folks behind their back, any kind of gossip. These are all things, if it's not life, if it's not lining up with the the fruit of the spirit, 
if we're not operating in self-control, um, then uh, what are we doing? We're missing something, okay? Because it's not just um, swear words. How many of us will um, say things in the guise of Christianity, but yet um, they're hurtful words? Even some forms of evangelism, I believe, can be negative because if we are not led by the Spirit, it becomes the wrong kind of offense. You've now offended the person, not the word. In other words, the word is still true. Um, okay, here's a better example. If I come to you and go, so are you going to heaven or are you going to hell? You know, you need to get your life right. That might not be, though it's a true statement, it's a true question, that might not be the right method. Automatically, that person's going to become offensive. But if you are following the spirit and you're like, you know, may I ask you a question? Um, do you know if you were to die today where you would spend eternity? Same premise. You're getting to the same point, but you follow the spirit and you're speaking it in a positive situation. Although the answer that they may, may not like it and it may still offend but you as your person are not doing it. And I hope that makes sense, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to go over to look more because I want us to understand that we need to watch our words. And sometimes we spend time, especially with this particular passage, you know, it's um, speaking to the teacher or the person that's trying to bring correction um, to someone about their life and what they're doing. And a great, great um, uh, example of this, what we see in Romans, and I'm going to go there. So go with me to Romans chapter 2, verse 21. Romans chapter 2, verse 21. And hopefully this will be a better example for you guys. I just know so many people that speak things that, you know, we, we're not, you know, we're supposed to be teachers and uh, examples of the word. And the things that come out of our mouth sound are com the complete opposite of that, you know. And um, it's our attitude in which we do it. And I'm going to read it um, in the uh, New Living Translation. And then I'm going to go over to the Amplify because I think they both bring a lot of flavor to this. And I want to make sure that we understand that we want to be people that are living that holy life. And remember, if what you, if life and death are in the power of the tongue and we're speaking negative words to people and our attitude, you know, we need to get that corrected. We need to go back before the Lord and ask him to really, we need to submit our heart to him and ask him what are those areas in us that are causing us to just be so darn right nasty. And we as Christians can be. Look at this, what it says in Romans chapter 2, verse 21, um, New Living Standard Version, um, New Living Translation. Well, then, if you teach others, why don't you teach yourself? You tell others not to steal, but you steal. You say it. It's wrong to commit adultery, but do you do it? You condemn idolatry, but do you steal from pagan temples? 
You are so proud of knowing the law, but you dishonor God by breaking it. No wonder the scriptures say the world blasphemes the name of God because of you. Are you being an example for Christ? Or does the world look at your life and think, that's why I don't go to church. That's why I'm not a Christian. We are representatives for Christ in the earth, and our lives should be indicative. We should try to do our best to live as transparent and free as possible. I'm also reminded of this, that when we don't live accordingly, when we don't put our mouth right, then we're still opening up avenues for the enemy to come against us because he's the accuser of the brethren. See, Jesus, see, you're supposed to die for these people, and look at what they just said to somebody. They just cut them up with their mouth. Is an example of our of the emotions that flow out of it. So taming the tongue and taming the emotions go hand in hand, because out of your mouth flows the issues of your heart. So you just really kind of spilled it out right there. Complaining with our mouth is showing that we're not grateful and that we're immature. Why? Because we have not learned to stand and trust on the word of God. So when we open our mouth, we are really letting people know where we are. My my father used to always say, it is best to keep your mouth shut and let folks think you are a fool. Then open your mouth and remove all doubt. Now, I know the Bible says we shouldn't call anybody a fool, but if you don't know what to say, keep your mouth closed. If you can't say anything nice, Keep your mouth closed. If you're hurting so much, keep your mouth closed. Let us not use our tongue to kill others and to cause others to not want what we have. Just as this word says here in Romans chapter 2, verse 21, that our mouth is the example of to others of why they blaspheme God. Let our mouth and our life and our actions be a reason why people will want to come to Christ. Okay. I want to read that out of the uh, Amplified real quick before we move forward. And it says, well, then you who teach others, do you not teach yourself while you teach against stealing and do, and do you steal take what does not really belong to you? You say not to commit adultery. Do you commit adultery? Are you unchaste in action or in thought? See, that's why I wanted that. In thought. What are you thinking? Because what you eventually, what you think will eventually come out of your mouth. And you may not cuss, but you'll find a way to say it, and it still may not be God. Um, you who abhor and loathe idols, do you rob temples? Do you appropriate to your own use? What is consecrated to God, thus robbing the sanctuary and doing sacrilege? I mean, think about it. What are you doing? How are you living? It's those things that we do in secret that determine the level of our character and the level of also our maturity. You who boast in the law, I'm a Christian. I don't do that. I'm not like other people. We talked on the show on Tuesday about comparing oneself. Let's not do it. We measure ourselves according to the word of God and we speak out the, what, the, what the word says. 
You who bold in the law, do not dishonor God by breaking the law, by stealthily infringing upon or carelessly neglecting or openly breaking it. I mean, does it speak for itself? We need to check ourselves every day. Lord, you know, was that right? Was that proper? Was that pleasing to you? Out of our love for God, not out of the law or any particular, you know, mandate per se. But we, when we love someone, we want to get it right. It's a relationship. It's not a relationship that's convenient for you when you want it to be. It's a relationship of, of conversation. Hello, Holy Spirit. You know, how, how was that today? You know, how can I please you more? I love you so. Jesus, I love you so. I want my life to be pleasing to you. We should be in a love relationship with Jesus to where we don't allow our tongue to become that unruly rudder. God, for for as it is written, the name of God is maligned and blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. The words of this effect are from your own scriptures. And it's going back into the Old Testament, Isaiah uh, 52, uh, 5, and Ezekiel 36, uh, verse 20. Um, As we approach this new year, ladies and gentlemen, we really want to go into it knowing how to speak right, live right, do right. And And if we can... As we're on this process in our life, because the process tells us that it's a process, you know, phase one, phase two, phase 20, phase 50, we go through them in this lifetime. But if we're going to go into 2016, growing more than we did in 2015, then we must do two things. We must bridle our tongue. And take note of our emotions, because as a man thinketh, so is he. What comes out of your mouth is an indicator of your heart. It's an indicator of your heart. When we look at what it talks about in Galatians chapter 5, and walking in the fruits of the Spirit, being able to operate in self-control, being controlled by the Spirit, we must learn to bridle our tongue they go hand in hand. If you learn to bridle your tongue, your ability to walk in the spirit will definitely increase. Why? Because you're going to train yourself to speak only what the word of God says. In thought, you're going to renew your mind, as it says in Romans chapter 12. Renewing our minds so that why? We don't then speak things that don't line up with the word and we speak the word because we want to speak words that are life. We want to speak words that are true. Our life is that ship because we all have a destiny and a plan and a purpose to move forward and to live out in God that he has designed for us. But if we continually speak words that kill it and kill others on the way, we may not get there. We may not get there. So if you don't want to see it, if you, if you don't want to see it in your life, don't say it. If you desire to see it in your life, say it. Like a ship, when the, when the captain wants to get it on course, it directs it by the rudder. If you have things in your life that you desire to see happen, get the word of God and put your tongue on it. And speak what the word says about it. Direct your life, the course of your life with your mouth. 
changing your finances, changing the lives of your children, your marriage. Change it with your mouth. That's our rudder. I hope that that point gets across that as we go into this new year, that you will prepare your mouth. You will prepare your mind to steer you in the direction that God would want you to go. Now, I mentioned before that I had something to share with you. You know, as we begin to come to the end of the year, the Process 319 Unleashed put together some awesome, awesome uh, interviews. Uh, and I want you guys to go back to blogtalkradio.com forward slash the process 319 and really go back through those shows. Awesome show with Pastor Melva, Apostle Francis, Miles, uh, uh, Clarissa Turner was on, Linda Smedley, Janine Rivers, Prophet Cynthia Thompson, Pastor Adam Riojas. Go back. I mean, Let's feed on the word as we go into the end of the year and and be encouraged by what they taught us through faith and believing in the word of God. I hope you guys have a great day. If you don't know Christ, I pray that you will accept him in your heart as your personal savior so that you can know where you're going to spend eternity. He loves you and so do I. Have a great day, guys. Stay tuned for more. Bye-bye. Birthed by a spirit Stepping out of bondage And grabbing hold of God's promise Circumstances can't stop me And neither will they block me Today I feel unmovable Nothing's impossible To walk on water To calm the sea can be free just being me, to walk on water, to calm the sea, to speak to mountains, I can be free just
water I can be free to calm the sea I can be free to speak to mountains I can be free just being me